At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. love that clip rational thoughts rational is overrated we want something that's entertaining and and useful and that's what we have today in our show folks uh, we've got a three-time best-selling author who's the creator of the uh publish position and profit master plan he makes it easy for you know coaches consultants speakers solopreneurs people like you i think to write a world-class book in five weeks and get clients before they're even published this is what we do i love it um, and that means they can create the life they want, the business they love, and make a bigger impact sooner rather than later. Um, our guest has helped a Fortune 100 company shift their culture by creating an empathy video game in collaboration with MIT. Ooh, must be smart. Uh, he's trained leaders at Stanford and created the first mindfulness program for the ALS Foundation. That's Lou Gehrig's disease. He has 35 years of writing and publishing adventures, and he's also worked with the very prolific and number one magazine out there, AARP, which like 352 million copies of that magazine has gone out. So um, he believes people, um, he believes that people should thrive when they relax, smile, and quit suffering now. Without further ado, our guest today, Ben Joya. Ben, how are you today? I'm doing super duper well, Doug. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Magazines, books, Fortune 100 companies, mindfulness apps. I don't even know where to begin. Tell you what, <laughs> before we get into all that good stuff, um, let the people of the audience know what they can get out of today's uh, quick conversation with me. What, what takeaway or what lessons could they learn? Right. Uh, basically to not wait uh, till their book is published to bring their message to the world. I think that's the most important uh, conceptual bit and inspirational bit. And the other part of that is I'm gonna talk about some ways that I did that myself that you can totally apply to your business. Um, really standing. Simple and straightforward. Yeah, um, it's it's so funny in, in our industry, there's, a, it's, I've had a couple other people um, on our show that do exactly what I do or similar to what I do, which is we help people, you know, position and, and, and ghost write and publish their book for them and market them. And I had this one gal on a few weeks ago, and he's like, well, are we competitors? I said, well, let me ask you a question. Who do you know that owns this one book? <laughs> I said, Nobody has one book. I have one car, so I might be competing, you know, Subaru and Toyota, but I got hundreds of books. So thankfully, our industry, we don't have competition. Um, and you got, you got, start, you started with um, the, the writing and publishing thing in magazines before books or what, what's your, tell me your, your backstory. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes back to being like 12 years old and, you know, a teacher saying, keep a journal. And then I started doing yearbook in high school. Right. And uh, four years of that. So I've been writing and publishing stuff kind of from forever. And um, on the entrepreneurial journey, which has been, I'm just coming in or just past my 12th year now. And I figured out the, the book writing stuff made a lot of sense. Like suddenly it was like, wait a minute, I've been helping people do this. I have all of this relevant background and I have the really, really interesting experience of having written my book um, in five weeks in a really, um, you know, amazing, unexpected situation um, that I you know want to talk a little bit more about today. All right. Love it here. I want to hear what the situation was. I got you to do that. Yeah, so, record time. Thank you. Yeah. So I am. Um, uh, somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn several years ago 
and they said, hey, you know, would you like to come do a couple days training to visiting people here at Stanford University, visiting business people here at Stanford University? And I said, I would absolutely love to do that. Thank you so much. So we signed the contract, worked, worked out the whole thing. And um, I said, hey, I'm going to, you know, as an added value to you, to your audience, I'm going to show up with autographed copies of my new book for everyone in the room. So it's about 130 people and for you and your staff. And she said, oh, my God, that's amazing. This is the event planner. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Right. It looks good for us. Makes us look good. Uh, really adds value to the audience. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. We hang up the phone. And I went, oh, my God, I need to write a book right now because that second book had was an idea, but not actually in my life. Okay, hold on a second. So you you promised this event planner 130 plus copies of your book that you hadn't written yet? Correct. And and the event was six six weeks away. <laughs> well, then you had to get it done in five weeks. Got it. Okay, continue. Thank you so much. Yeah. So I, I uh, you know, wrote, copied and pasted, Frankensteined, did all of the things to make it happen in a very bull in a china shop approach, <laughs> but did did do it, get it done showed up to the event. The event turned out really well and, you know, lovely to have that gift at one seat, right? There was that, but the, the, the ripples, the outcomes from that experience, right? The event planning company hired me for probably six more speaking events from that because I was such a, such an ally for them, right? The company in the audience, it was one group of people in the audience or from one company those folks hired me to speak at their headquarters in Sydney, Australia the following year. And what's pretty cool about that is they didn't have the budget to do it. So they actually sold tickets to their own employees to fund me coming to teach them similar kind of stuff that I taught them uh, at that event at Stanford at that two day training. So that was pretty cool. That's a great story. Great lesson for our audience of uh, fellow authors here too, by the way. Um, sell it before you write it. I do that all the time. But more importantly, I'm interested. What was the what was the topic? What was the audience? What was it about? Yeah. So and then really like talk about unexpected for me at least at that time. So it was a group of folks from a uh, a multi level marketing company, healthcare company, uh, who were their like million dollar earners and up. So these are like the heavy hitters, and they all wanted better leadership, better communication. Like that was some of the origin because the name of my book that had stood out for the event planner was my sick was um, or the name of my business, pardon me, which became the name of my book, uh, Influence with a Heart. And I would talk about how to be a better leader and communicator by using more empathy and story and thought leadership. And uh, you know, especially at that time, uh, empathy was a was a big buzzword for a lot of people. And, you know, storytelling is is the jam and it's timeless right, for your book, for your, um, you know, your TED Talk, your video, whatever the case may be, right, like that's the stuff that really humanizes your expertise and gives people that opportunity to know, like, and trust you and see you see you as that authority that they can go, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll jump in with, with that person and take this journey with you. Great. What a great uh, lesson for, um, for influencing and, and making an impact. Um, what about the, uh, the hurdles, the struggles? I don't hear about Ben's struggles along his journey here oh boy <laughs> how long do we have um <laughs> yeah thank you now um now the 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 gosh you know i had some of the the you know my own human struggles and my own uh 
you know, spiritual being in a human body struggles throughout my life. Um, you know, did a whole bunch of drugs for a whole bunch of years and just kept adding more to the mix. And, um, you know, all the while, like wanting to help and wanting to serve and, uh, you know, just, it was a lot of like foot on the gas and foot on the brake with the drugs kind of thing. And I had this experience where I, uh, you know, kind of the, the rock bottom experience of stepping out of my, my workplace at the time and just, you know, I hated my work. I hated my life. I hated my relationship, like across the board. Right. And I looked up at the sky and I said, I just want to be free. Right. Like that was the big, big um, <laughs> exclamation to the universe. And what I ended up doing about five months later was I went back to India for the second time. I had been in India before and it was very, very, very impactful. And I went back a second time and had this beautiful, beautiful opportunity of understanding the most pivotal bit of uh, kind of everything for my business and my life. And it started out with basically hiking through the Himalayas, like through the mountains of the Himalayas for nine days with blisters on each of my Achilles tendons from lunchtime on day one. So talk about a humbling experience. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you did the whole uh, personal suffering uh, journey here, physically and, and spiritually. And so give me, give me the details. I want to know what happened. So you're, you're walking through the Himalayas where you're, you're in pain every single step. Yeah. What happened? How did you, how did you break out of the addiction stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. So, so, so I had gone back to India to, you know, kind of get away from my life and get away at least from most of the bad drugs. Right. And um, so, so, but I didn't show up to India with new boots. Right. <laughs> and in getting my boots fixed in India, this is what happened. This is how suddenly these, um, these blisters appeared on my Achilles tendon. So I'm so mad at myself and judgment and all the things, right. So it's physical pain and it's mental pain. And it's, you know, ouch, 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 every single day, all of that kind of stuff. And then I get to like day six. And if you can imagine, I'm 12,000 feet up, right? And still above me up to like 28,000 feet or, or more mountains. Like these are the Himalayas, just absolutely incredible. So I'm looking around, this is day six, and I'm going, wow, everything's extra beautiful. Like everything, why is everything so beautiful? I'm like, I'm not on drugs. <laughs> why is everything on beautiful? Um, so beautiful. And I realize for the first time in my life, like, holy crap. I have essentially been forced and locked into the present moment for the last six days in a row with every single step I took of ouch, ouch, ouch. I was in the moment, in the moment, in the moment, and I have never spent so much time in the present moment in my life before that point. That is such a great lesson. We always, I mean, I just find ourselves looking again, either towards the future too much or regrets of the past, but being present when you're forced to, because I'm guessing there's, I'm not sure what year you're there. No cell service, nothing around you besides the environment, right? It's just you. You, you couldn't escape that part of your life. You, you can escape all the influences, all the environment, but you can never escape yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, two, 2006, and, you know, we were in, like, the, the back of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many people? Is it just you? you had a guide? How, how many people on the, on the track? Yeah, so, so, so it was, it was four, four participants and two guides. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and, and a bunch of uh, a couple of horses and a bunch of um, donkeys, mules, pack animals. Yeah. I forget yeah, what specifically. All right, so you're out there hiking. Your your feet are screaming in pain. You can't turn around. You got to keep going. Um, what was going on inside your your head, and your heart that made you realize there's another way of, of living? 
Yeah, thank you. So, so, so it was really interesting, and and I appreciate the question. So there was that that recognition which I just shared of, of oh my God, being in the present moment. So, so from that point forward, every single step was still ow, 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 but it didn't have, you know, that extra layer of judgment, right? It didn't have that, you know, that guilt for not showing up with boots, right? Like. Um, it didn't have like the the overtone of like oh you're such an idiot which was happening on the first six days right <laughs> it was none of that you know that dialogue that dialogue. it was still painful but it was just like okay it's just pain and i wasn't adding that layer of suffering right like that was the point totally yeah. yeah it's it's the pain still there but i think we attach a lot of emotion to the pain right the whole thing about detachment which is more Buddhist and Hindu, I'm not sure what you're thinking there, but I understand the, uh, like when I'm really like cold, I can either shake or I can just observe and go, wow, that, that's really cold. <laughs> it really hurts. Is that, yeah. like, is that kind of what you're thinking there? Is that what's going on? You're, yeah, you're yeah definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, you know, with, with a lot of, lot of credit to the Buddha for, you know, helping yeah. me kind of put that together. But then, mm -hmm. you know, funny how our lives go and funny the paths we take. Something like, you know, so what that was 2000, that was 2006. So like 17 years later, um, maybe 16 years later, I do a meditation retreat with this, uh, this teacher, this, uh, this Buddhist teacher, and he teaches something that the Buddha ha had taught, but I had never heard before that basically translates in, in, you know, super simplified form into just keep relaxing and keep smiling into the things that come up, right? Instead of like constricting around, like, I don't want this to happen, or I, Hey, when this happens, or I'm such a jerk, right? It's just the, hey, I'm such a jerk. Okay, well, I'm really not, right? And just relaxing into that, relaxing into that. And that was the other part of the, the that was kind of close the loop on the pain and suffering bit. Because I realized it was like, it's not just a, a mental activity of, you know, I'm just, I'm observing the thing or, you know, I'm, I'm there's a difference between pain and suffering, but it's the actual, just we keep, letting like teaching our bodies right to just kind of like soften into the things that come up and that was the biggest game changer for me right just softening into you know all the things that are going to come up anyway but they're really just impersonal right you didn't ask for that itch you didn't ask for that unpleasant emotion right um and it was just like wait a minute i can get to that place by smiling and relaxing and just keep doing that throughout my day okay that's that's very um Makes total sense, but uh, I'm, I'm curious about the gap between the Himalayas and the and the 20, uh, the 16 years later, when you got down from the mountain with your sore ankles and stuff, did you, <laughs> when did you get off the drugs, Ben? Wait, tell me what happened here after you got back. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So, so I, I mean, I was officially off the drugs by time India happened, um, but then, you know, after many experiences of life, right? Like you figure out a new thing and you go back into the world and you're like, okay, I know the new thing, but it's like, you have to unravel and unpack all of the problems. <laughs> right. So, so business wise, I was starting to build my business and doing it from a place of a whole bunch of debt, you know, and, and negative amounts of money and, and not having you know, specific business acumen, right. Um, like having to learn the stuff, to be an entrepreneur, but fortunately, some somebody um, through some wonderful circumstances, you know, like you know, very often comes down to relationships, right? Probably most of the time, um, somebody said, "Hey, I'm 
taking my business online. Would you like to be my director of sales and marketing? This is somebody I knew through my through my boss, you know, at a certain uh, position at the time. And I said, I said, thank you so much. I would be delighted. Um, is it okay that I have background in neither sales nor marketing? <laughs> right? And he said, absolutely, just figure it out. And I, you know, figured it out, slogged it out, right? Started studying stuff online, started working with coaches and mentors, and, you know, eventually wrote my first book and, you know, chipping away, chipping away, rebranded, you know, had to do some catering in the middle, right? <laughs> All of those, uh, those my version of, of the entrepreneurial kind of slogging away things. And it wasn't until the, you know, till really figuring out like, hey, what I'm really good at is communication and words. And I have been reading and writing and, you know, I've written books and I've wanted to write a novel since I was 12 years old. And I find myself helping people with books. And it was like, holy crap. And I happened to write a book in five and a half weeks <laughs> or pardon me, three and a half weeks, right, to get it done for that event. I was like, holy crap, I can actually do that, <laughs> right? So like the 12-year the entrepreneurial journey so far, it was like year nine and three quarters that I was like, oh, this thing. And this is something that I can do and do for a long time. And it's the most enjoyable thing, one of the most enjoyable things that I do in my life, in my week, like top three at this point. What, what, do, you like, what do you like best about it? Gosh, it's... um. That I can do, I can do coaching and consulting and speaking within the same unit of time, right? So we have two-hour mastermind calls, right? Like I can teach some stuff, and then I can tell somebody how to do something, and then I can yeah. help them unpack something, you know, in a right. coaching dialogue. And it's just like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm unrestricted at that point. Right, right. So your your business is mainly helping people write their own book. Is that right? Yeah, but it, it's writing and publishing and then, you know, leverage, leveraging the book, both from a, right. you know, a positioning standpoint and a monetization standpoint. Love it. Love it. What have you Thank found you. to be, um, I know there's a, you know, there's a thousand one ways to do this. So any, any, any favorite ways to get a book out there and market it for, for your authors? Um, so, uh, uh, so let me, I'm, I'm stumbling because I'm thinking, well, pre-publishing stuff, right? Like leverage the book before it's published. Let me, let me start there real quick. Yeah, um, please. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Because, because, so the answer is yes. And <laughs> um, don't, don't, if you're listening, when you're listening right now, you know, watching this, like, don't wait to leverage your book, right? As soon as you know, as soon as you use it, even as an, I have an idea, right? Like start calling yourself the forthcoming author of, such and such a book, even if you don't have the title yet, because you probably wouldn't, right? A book about such and such a topic, right? There's that that expertise association of, of books and book writers. So leverage that right out of the gate, you know, to get you conversations, right? To get you speaking gigs, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then from there, you know, really think in terms of, so I'm a, book sales are great. I love book sales. Hooray for book sales. And uh, think of... The kind of message that you know you potentially want to get there the kind of collaboration that you want to create with people right the kind of impact you want to make um for me i was able to make epic impact right like this the video game that that we mentioned before i was able to affect twenty thousand people at a company um by partnering with that company versus 
me and my email list at that time of like 700 people, right? I was able to have massive positive impact through that, through that partnership. So, you know, yes, sell books, that's great. And how can your book help you leverage partnerships that can help you make a, you know, a crazy impact? I mean, I have a colleague, she worked with a company and talked them in or invited them to buy books. And they said, yes, they bought half a million books, half a million copies of her book. One person, maybe two people said yes to that, right? 500,000 book sales. Absolutely. Man, you're, you're sick. You're sick of my, my tune. So many people, so my clients ask about the New York Times bestseller. I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a nice accolade, but would you want to make an impact? Or you want to get famous? If you only had to choose one of those, what do you want? Which is it? Impact. So to your point, those books, those half million books, I'm guessing were sold direct from author to the, to the uh, client. They don't get registered on, on the uh, bestseller list, but they're, they sold more books than a lot of bestsellers. So it's, that's, that's a fascinating story. Give me, if you can give, if you can give me in the last, next five minutes or so, some tactical things an author can do to set up those opportunities for themselves. A lot of people have heard this story or stories like this. I've got a bunch of myself, but sure. most authors are afraid to call a company or they don't know what to call or how to align. Or like you're probably going to say, like I say, why don't you focus on what the company needs first, then write the book. I mean, there's a lot of ways to go about this. What would be a, a good story or some some list you could give us on that? Yeah, yeah. So 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 a couple quick quick things. Uh, just what I mentioned before. Start calling yourself the author of that forthcoming book, right? Um, as soon as you can, get a three D. Uh, you know, get somebody on Fiverr or where wherever to do a nice three D digital cover of your book, right? Put it up on LinkedIn and other places and talk about being the forthcoming author of that book. And remember that you know you have a title and a subtitle, and you can even have a second subtitle. So put the keywords and key phrases that would re re uh, resonate. <laughs> Easy for me to say that would resonate with your audience right in the title and subtitle, right? Like my the the way that I got that gig with the Fortune 100 company was from putting this digital cover on my LinkedIn profile. They saw that I had empathy as part of what I was talking about in terms of communication. And that was some of what opened the door right there. So that's one thing you can do. Um, another thing is to make sure like we're experts here. And, and often when we're experts, we miss stuff because we're experts, right? Because the people we're serving often aren't experts in our space, right? Most of the time. So um, make sure to have conversations with great past clients, great per current clients and great potential new clients or partners about your book, you know, using the using the, the invitation of, hey, I'm writing my book. Can we chat for 20 minutes or tell the such and such a topic, right? Um, can we chat for 20 minutes? I'd love to ask you some questions so I can write a great book, right? And ask them those basic but vitally important questions like what challenges, right? You know, what, what, what fears, what frustrations, you know, those kind of, you know, baseline marketing questions and and get their language and make sure that you're not in your expertise missing some of the that foundational stuff that's absolutely important to people and you know do these have these conversations with potential partners right not just clients this is where you can you know ostensibly create a book around the needs of a particular organization 
hey, you know, CEO, what are your challenges? What are your fears? Whatever that thing is, let that person tell you and then be like, hey, look, I have this thing in the works <laughs> or we can customize this to your sales team or whatever the case may be. Danny, great, great, great nuggets of wisdom there, folks. Um, and I, you know, I talked about it playing my clients. I'm so glad uh, Ben here is, is backing it up and saying, you know, don't even, don't even, I mean, you can have an idea or a theme, but don't, don't write a single word until you talk to your audience. Make sure they want to hear about it and use their use their own words for gosh sake. Use their language. I know it sounds obvious to us, but I'm like, yeah, you've got to actually talk to them ahead of time. You know, one of the things I found with a lot of authors is you know the old uh, I'm thinking about it. I'm uh, I know I should. I don't have the time or the skill, and whatnot. I know I should. There's a huge amount of people that have great stories and great ideas and whatnot, but their ideas. They die when they do, and their book never gets out there. Um, how do you help a person who's a little bit shy, gun shy, to get their book done? How do you get them over the over that fence? Yeah, thank you. So, so depending on the person and, and what their needs are, um, you know, for some people, it, it's the tactical and strategic understanding of like, how could I, you know, how could I, this person with these kind of challenges and limitations, perceived limitations, um, get this done? You know, maybe there's time concerns. Maybe there's you know, fear of writing, I don't have anything to say, I don't have anything original, whatever that case may be, um, that I help people really understand, you know, the, the, the precision process that I take people through, which really eliminates a lot of thinking, right? It's, it's, I'm very, I'm very much come from the place of here's a blueprint from your book for your book, do exactly what I say and how to say it, <laughs> right? So, so helping people understand, exactly what they need to do for every component of the book. That's the approach I take because when people can see the path clearly understand what, you know, what they're responsible for, what the agreement that I have with that person, then they feel, you know, clear and calm about how to move forward, right? Like what is it, how much time do they actually need per week to dedicate to their book, right? In a way that supports their life, right? Because you don't want to just start writing a book and then, you know, completely neglect your family and everything else, right? You want to make sure that the things fit. So helping people fit, uh, fit it and understand it and know um, that it's not going to be a forever situation. They're just going to be writing forever, but giving boundaries and constraints and, and very, very clear granular understanding to make it happen, um, you know, good boundaries, so shall we say. Um, so that's one part. And then the other part is just uh, I, 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 take my people through um through facing their death literally as part of my process and uh that's quite a galvanizing experience for them that's a very that's an, that's an old-fashioned uh goal setting technique or life planning thing we talk about you know here's your eulogy go ahead and write it before you before somebody else does right so you do that you do that early in the process or or when do you when do you do go walking through the I, I do i do i do it early and, and i do it periodically Right, because uh, you know, I think it's important it, not only for the the galvanizing energy, like I said before. Right, it's like okay, I got to do this thing before I, you know, God forbid, I get hit by a bus tomorrow. I don't write my book. Right, um, there's that reason, but also when, you know, when when you're faced with your death, when one is faced with their death, right, it makes it really clear, like what kind of legacy, you know, what kind of message do you want to share, who do you want to share it with, you know, that that all comes to the comes to the fore are really directly. And then, you know, my, my function is to, you know, help connect that, that desire and that impetus to that plan 
and then make sure to bridge it to obviously, I don't want to say obviously, make sure to bridge it, let me remind everybody, to, you know, what are the audience's challenges and fears and goals and dreams and all that kind of stuff, right? So connecting the dots, you know, of, of uh, impending death, what people really need, and um, one heck of a schedule uh, is how I help folks make it happen. I, I think it's obvious once you write it down. I mean, if you, if you finish <laughs> trying to correct yourself, like, yeah, once you write it down, here's my eulogy and here's where I am. Ooh, gap analysis. Um, I better get this done. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant stuff. Um, okay, what's the uh, last bit of wisdom you can leave with the audience today, Ben? I'm curious. What do you, what would you if you have, if you can only tell us, teach us one thing today, what would it be? Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's really about the smiling and the relaxing. So um, the first part is to smile as much as you possibly can throughout your day, right? It doesn't mean you have to smile like crazy, cheesy smile, but just turn up the corners of your mouth because that lightens your, your, uh, lightens your mind, opens the space to really, um, you know, to receive insight and wisdom, whether you call it spiritual insight, wisdom, a download, you know, your intuition, your higher self, whatever the case may be, you open up to the creativity, to the insight, to the genius, right? Like the things that often will happen in the shower, you're like, here's such a great idea. Um, the more you smile, the more you can engineer that, right? Um, just keep practicing in that. And whenever you feel uncomfortable, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, right? Relax your head, relax your face and smile and just keep smiling and, and keep staying in that place of love because the, the more we can stay you know, in the heart and use the head, you know, a little bit more as the tool, the more we can open up to, um, you know, to like all the, the magic and gifts of not only what's around us, but who we are and what we can bring to the world. So that's yeah, what that, I got. That is, that is the best thing I've heard all day. I've been, you, you've articulated better than I ever have. I've been thinking about that for years, but that's, you spot on, man. The, this is the bigger brain. So use it more often. I love it. Um, what can you, what do you have anything? Uh, how can people get hold of you? What are you going to get? What do you got here? <laughs> I got, I got all yeah. the stuff. Um, thank you. Yeah. So, so, uh, uh, Doug, as you know, and for everybody, right. Um, testimonials and reviews are super important for your book, for your brand, for your business, right? They're just absolutely important. So I have a really wonderful, uh, testimonials template that people can use. It's like Mad Libs. It's very plug and play. So whenever you want to get testimonials from people, one thing you can do is say, hey, can you write me a testimonial? I know you're super busy, so I pre-wrote this testimonial for you, right? Could you bless it, edit it, or write a new one? So it's a template. Uh, it's 51 templates, you know, 51 different ways to write. So you just plug it in place, send it along. Um, you can get that at bookreviews.cc. Once again, bookreviews.cc. Um, so yeah, uh, take that and enjoy that and love up yourself with testimonials. I am downloading that myself today. Thank you so much. My very first book I wrote years ago, I had no testimonials at all. I didn't know anybody. So I, I, um, I put out like the five most famous dead people I knew and I put them in my book. Well, they're not alive today, but if they were, this is what they would have said about my book. So I had like Abraham Lincoln endorsing my book. So now that, that is, I know that is, people, I can get real endorsements, but I like, I'll get those templates. Book, that's book reviews that, 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 but that's crazy Doug, yeah, I'm sorry, sorry Doug. I, i'm just i'm i'm so i i love what you did in that first book i'm just i i am so tickled by that so well, well done yeah um, well i was i was uh i didn't know anybody so i made something up but i was honest about it i didn't say they actually you know abraham lincoln didn't read my book but if he had 
this is what he might have said. So I understood. Anyway. Understood. Yeah. Well, babe. Um, Ben Joya, thank you so much. Ends with the heart. Go get this thing. I'm gonna get a book. It's book reviews with it plural. Plural, correct. Dot cc. Dot cc. Get that review thing, folks, and check it out. Ben Joya, thank you so much for being on the show today. Appreciate you. And don't forget, folks, if you want to subscribe to the show, we've got some goodies for you too. You have to subscribe to find out what they are. Because uh, Ben's thing is free. Mine's also free. All we want, probably an email address. This is Doug Croth, author, brand show. Have a great day.